Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nourish to Thrive podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a very confusing topic, how to know if it's an innocent diet, and I put that in quotes, or an eating disorder, and how to how do we distinguish between the two. Before we get into it, if you have been enjoying the podcast, I really do kindly ask if you have a second to just please give the Nourish to Thrive podcast a rating and or review to share some love. And it also helps more people find it. And I'm all for helping as many people as I can with these discussions. So without further ado, let's get started. This is going to be a lot to unpack because I know this can be a very confusing topic to talk about because of how much nuance there is within the space. So I figured we'd just start by talking about what even is considered an eating disorder by definition. An eating disorder is a complex and potentially life-threatening mental illness. They are often categorized by disturbances and changes in behaviors, thoughts, and attitudes regarding food, eating, and body weight. Eating disorders do have detrimental impacts on a person's life and can result in serious medical and psychological consequences. The most common eating disorders are anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, avoidant restrictive eating disorder, also known as ARFID, and then we have other specified feeding and eating disorders, also known as OSFED. If you're not familiar, anorexia nervosa is a condition in which somebody is chronically under eating. Um, This may be in combination with overexercise, and there's a lot of fear and avoidance around food. Bulimia, on the other hand, is an eating disorder that involves binging, followed by methods to avoid weight gain, such as purging, overexercising. It could also be fasting or restricting. Binge eating disorder is a disorder in which somebody is eating a large amount of food in a very short period of time, in which they feel that they're, you know, completely losing control and feel as though they cannot stop themselves from eating. Sometimes the binge eating disorder is followed by restrictive patterns, also leading into that restrict and binge cycle of food. And then avoidant restrictive food intake disorder is an eating disorder very similar to anorexia in which this person may struggle with being extremely picky and have little interest in eating food, which can lead to poor growth and poor nutrition over time. With that little summary, I did want to dive into OSFED, which is known as other specified feeding and eating disorders, because the majority of the people who struggle with disordered eating patterns often fall under this category because they may not meet all the medical criteria for a diagnosed eating disorder. And unfortunately, because so many people are not treated or ever diagnosed with a life-threatening eating disorder, they may feel that their issues with food are not serious enough to get help. For example, somebody who may engage in anorexic behaviors such as chronically under-eating and over-exercising, but they remain at their current weight or may even be in a larger body, may still be severely suffering with the amount of unhealthy behaviors that they are engaging in. But the problem remains a very serious and life-threatening condition that is still deserving of treatment from a registered dietitian and a treatment team. Because just because somebody's not underweight does not mean that they're not deserving of help. And I think this is a really big problem in the medical community is only considering an eating disorder as somebody who is underweight or malnourished, which is not the case for most of the people. So with that, I wanted to talk about where disordered eating falls on the spectrum of an eating disorder from what may seem as just an innocent diet. So disordered eating sits on that spectrum between normal eating and an eating disorder and may include symptoms and behaviors of eating disorders, but at a lesser frequency or a lower level of severity. 
Disordered eating may look like restrictive eating. It may look like um, compulsive eating or irregular eating patterns, being really inflexible about eating and mealtimes. And I will say that dieting is actually one of the most common forms of disordered eating. Because if you look at diet behaviors that have become so normalized, like weighing out your food, weighing yourself daily, skipping meals, counting calories, macros, or points, avoiding certain foods out of fear of what it's going to do to your body, um, even using laxative or diet pills, all of these things that are not healthy to do are not recognized by many people as disordered. Tracking macros can be so problematic. If you feel anxiety or stress, if you're not able to track something or, you know, you avoid food unless you have your food scale, then that is a huge red flag. I used to follow someone in the fitness space who literally brought her food scale to get low carb frozen yogurt with her friends. And if you cannot enjoy a night out with your friends, your diet is far too extreme. And as you can see, it can start to impact your relationships with other people. While disordered eating is not considered an eating disorder, it may very well lead to one down the line. In truth, most eating disorders start by going on a diet or with the intention of trying to change your body in some way. And it does spiral into something that you cannot get yourself out of once you start. Here are some questions to ask yourself if you have started a new diet and are unsure if it's becoming disordered. Does food preoccupy much of your day? Does it take you a long amount of time to decide what and how much to eat? Are you constantly questioning how much you are allowed to eat? If someone were to cook a meal for you, would this give you anxiety or stress? Are you able to go out to eat without restriction before or after? Have you cut out a lot of foods from your diet? Do you ever eat in secrecy? Does eating around other people give you anxiety? Do you ever feel out of control with certain foods so you avoid them at all costs because of this fear? Take some time to really think about your answers, and if any of these do resonate with you, it might be time to reevaluate if what you're doing is healthy or consuming your life. If you're not sure where you may fall on the spectrum, there are so many great resources online, such as the NIDA website, which I will link in the show notes. And if you are curious about getting help for your relationship with food, you can also book a free consult with me to see what we can do to help you start taking the first steps toward creating a better relationship with food. Now that we've talked about a little bit of the differences between an eating disorder and disordered eating, I thought I would just kind of like bring it together of like, where does disordered eating even come from? Our culture is very body and physique focused right now. And I greatly blame social media and the internet for creating the standards that women and men feel that they need to abide by in order to feel worthy or loved or to gain attention. And there's so many workout plans, diet plans, and macro counting, unfortunately, has become something that all people talk about in the fitness industry. And for a lot of people, macro counting and that fixation on food does create an obsession and leads to perfectionistic tendencies with food and how your body may look. With the focus starting to be so heavily on aesthetics and the way that your body looks, people start to feel like their bodies are not lean enough or shredded enough because they don't look like someone else. I know the comparison game, especially in social media, is so strong, but just because you see somebody who looks lean and shredded doesn't mean that that person is not miserable. And it doesn't mean that that person is necessarily healthy just because they look the part. I don't know where this comes either, but I've heard this from countless women that they tell me that they've been eating around like a thousand to 1500 calories a day and they think that that's normal. 
And newsflash, it definitely is not enough food for a grown adult woman. So I was curious about this. And I've asked a couple people who have told me this about like, where did you get this information? And they tell me that they've used online calorie calculators to tell them like how much they should be eating in a day. But the truth about these online calculators is that they know nothing about your body. Not only do they not know anything about your body, they're just not accurate. And so many people take this information and run with it thinking that it's enough, but it's not. That's actually the amount for a small toddler. And I'm sure many of you here are not small toddlers. So if you get anything from what I just said, please do not use online calorie calculators to determine how many calories your body needs. Not that I'm recommending that you count your calories, but please do not take that information and run with it because I promise you, most of the time you're going to be under eating if you were to follow any of those recommendations. If you do have any you know, nutrition questions or any nutrition concerns, that is something that you do want to get individualized help with not from a Google search. And since we're on the topic about quick Google searches, I wanted to talk about the quote unquote clean eating space. I see this quite often on Instagram in particular because alongside people posting workout videos, you also see a lot of what I eat in the day videos and a lot of just false nutrition information spread by influencers. And I think this is really confusing people about nutrition and telling them what they they should versus should not eat to be healthy. And this can create another eating disorder also known as orthorexia. Orthorexia is an eating disorder in which there's a fixation on eating only pure and healthy foods that are organic or what somebody views as good or healthy. This obsession with needing every freaking thing that you put into your body to be the most pure and organic thing is just so like messed up because everybody has their own definition of what is good and what is bad. And so if you are this person who has so many diet rules as to what you can and cannot eat in order to be healthy, just consider that what you may think is like the most healthiest thing may be somebody's fear food and vice versa. And this is why I truly do not like labeling foods as good or bad or healthy versus unhealthy or clean versus unclean because all this really does is just create rules and it creates morality around food, which we do not want to have. Food is not something that makes you a good or bad person and it's not something that makes you unhealthy versus unhealthy based off one food choice. And with that, that kind of leads me into my next topic about that restrict and binge cycle with food because If you are on a overly strict diet, whether that be self-imposed or if you are following somebody's diet plan who's telling you what you can and cannot eat or labeling foods as good or bad, if your diet is so restrictive from cutting out certain foods or eating like a rabbit all week, this can lead to binge eating patterns on the weekends or at nighttime when you get home from work or school. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, like that is me, that is exactly what I do. That is a sign that your diet is way too restrictive. You may not be eating enough calories or you may just be cutting out so many foods to the point where your body is like, I just need the food. Like I need the food that I'm physically and mentally depriving myself of. And so that may be why you're binging. So many people struggle with this more than you may think. So what can we do about it? I will say that when you focus on fostering a healthy relationship with food yourself, 
Even if you have been struggling for years, you can carry on a healthy mindset with food and your body to those around you. When you focus on healing yourself, you become a role model to others and show them how to approach eating that isn't obsessive, restrictive, or all or nothing. And I know it may be hard for you to imagine your life without struggling with your relationship with food, but I promise you that you have the ability to rewire your thought patterns around food, exercise, and your body. Whether you or someone you know is struggling with any of the things that I mentioned today, understand that those truly do take away joy from life and your ability to be living life to the fullest. Food should be something that is enjoyed without stress, worry, or guilt. It should be something that brings you together with people and, hello, we have taste buds for a reason. You shouldn't just be eating carrot sticks all day and expect to be living your best and fully nourished life. I mean, that's just no way to be living your life. So to whoever needs to hear this, you never need to justify what you're going through to anyone. Any and all struggles are valid and deserving of help, and reaching out for help does not make you a weak person. It actually makes you incredibly self-aware and brave for taking the scary step to overcoming something that is consuming you. It can be hard to distinguish between an eating disorder and disordered eating because the line is just so very fine, but let's say that you have noticed severe changes in your weight, or you notice that your overall mentality with food is just not what it used to be. It's something that should be of concern to you as it will start to impact your quality of life and how you feel both physically and mentally. If you do have any questions about this or need more support, you're always welcome to reach out to me. And as always, I will link my information in the show notes. I am planning on continuing this conversation with some special guest speakers here soon. So stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss those future episodes. Thank you all for listening and I will catch you in the next one.